On today's edition of Locked On Eagles, it's another offseason simulation. This time, Louis DiBiase, myself, I'm going to run through the 2022 Eagles offseason, playing the role of Howie Roseman, going through what I would do in free agency, the NFL draft, and the trade market. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase, your host of Locked On Eagles. It is a Friday edition of the show. Episode number four this week of five. Download it into your phone wherever you get the podcast. We're available on YouTube as well and on Twitter at Locked On Birds, at DBSE LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. I'm so excited about today's show. It's one of my favorite we do every offseason since Gino and I started up LOE back in 2018. It is the offseason simulation show where I'm going to play the role of Howie Roseman and I'm going to go through what I would do. Not what I think the Eagles would do, but what I would do as general manager through free agency, both in-house and externally, through the trade market in the 2022 NFL draft. So I'll go through the key, the main three free agent signings I would make, the first three big draft picks, in-house free agency as well, who I'd keep, who I would let go. Gino did the same thing on Tuesday. You can find that show again on YouTube or wherever you get the podcast. And we also did Lockdown QB1 yesterday. We have five shows a week wherever you get the podcast. So let's dive into it. I'm so excited about the off-season simulation shows. These are my favorite. Um, it's just a really good time to be creative, and I love hypotheticals and drawing up different scenarios, as you guys know. I mean, yesterday I'm talking about the idea of potentially trading for Derek Carr. So my mind is always working in the off-season trying to you know, come up with new stuff because uh, it's – it's the time of year where it's the guessing game and it's speculation season. And that is my favorite time of year to be quite frank with you. So let's get into it though. Let's discuss the off season for the Eagles. I'm going to play the role of Howie Roseman and I'm going to start with in-house free agency. Here is what I would do with in-house free agency. To me, there is some key players that I think I would I think, I think it's tight. There's, there's some players that I would probably let go. And there are some other players that I think are worth, you know, prioritizing and keeping around. And so here are the players that I would let walk for the Eagles that are set to be free agents. So I'm letting some of these non-difference makers go. Number one, Derek Barnett was not worth to me picking up that fifth year option. You know, he always showed you a certain floor throughout his five years in Philadelphia, but he never met the upside of a top 15 pick, you know, never even sniffed seven sacks. Josh Sweat did that with limited snaps the last two years before he was even a full-time starter. And Barnett just wasn't worth the liability he was when it comes to penalties to keep around for another contract. You know, was he a horrible draft pick? No. He wasn't Marcus Smith. You know, he was a full-time starter for you, a top three defensive end for five years in a row, helped you win a Super Bowl, made some key plays. You could rely on, you know, five sacks a year. But even this past year, you couldn't even get that from him. And he just, he won't be worth the money with how good this edge prospect pool is with other free agent options. I'm letting Derek Barnett walk. I'm also letting Ryan Kerrigan go at the same position. 
the worst signing of the offseason last year was a total non-factor, looked like a shell of what he once was in Washington. So I'm letting him go. I'm letting Hassan Ridgeway go as well at defensive tackle. I feel like they can find better depth, you know, through the draft and through other free agent signings. And, you know, you want Milton Williams to take that next step this year, Fletcher Cox still in house, Javon Hargrave. So I'm letting a good amount of these, you know, non-difference makers go, you know, uh, Hassan Ridgeway, Ryan Kerrigan, Derek Barnett, Jannard Avery too. This one was interesting. I feel like they could get him back on a team friendly deal and I'd be totally okay with that. But there's a player in free agency I'm targeting that would better suit that Sam linebacker, you know, coverage, but pass rusher type of hybrid that Jonathan Gannon wants at that spot. And I'm also letting Anthony Harris go, the one-year signing, the safety, formerly from Minnesota, a full-time starter last year. Just, I mean, he didn't really do anything. I mean, did he have one significant play you can think of? I know he had that interception against Tampa Bay, but, you know, the Eagles need to invest real resources in not just being okay at safety, not just getting by anymore, right? Not being complacent at the spot. And not that they were complacent before because they had stars there. Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod were in-house, so you didn't really have to invest a first or second round pick at safety as bad as Gino wanted them to or hand out another free agent contract. You know, you could get by with that third safety being Corey Graham or Andrew Sandejo at times, right? But to me, now with Harris not really meeting the potential we saw in 2019 last year was a non-factor at safety with Rodney McLeod's age. It's time to go for better at safety. So I'm letting Anthony Harris walk and not just taking the status quo. However, some guys that I am keeping in-house, one of them is Rodney McLeod. And it's, again, this is not the Band-Aid signing and, okay, we got Rod still, so we're not going, you know, the leader of the defense, the captain in that backfield, you know, that's extremely important, but that's not going to stop me from still targeting a big-name player at this spot, a star to be your new Malcolm Jenkins or your Rodney McLeod from 2016. But I do think at the same time, for McLeod, I would love him to be in that rotation with those top three safeties. You know, him, Marcus Epps, Anthony Harris, I think Rodney McLeod down the stretch, I think Epps was the most efficient throughout the year, but Rodney McLeod at the end was a better player than Harris and Epps on the field, made the game-winning interception to put the Eagles in the playoffs, had another key interception as well in the second half against the Jets to help the Eagles keep that playoff hope alive. And so on the field, he got better and better as the year went on. He looked healthy. He's not what he once was, but he could definitely hold his own in a you know rotation at this position like Gannon had last year. And he's so impactful off the field as well. Like This is one of your glue guys. This is one of your leaders. And if you're going to have more young players on defense that you invest in draft picks at, you know, corner, maybe safety, you know, linebacker, you're going to want a guy that's been a part of this team for a long time. That's now been a part of this defense for a year and going into his second year, you're going to want that veteran leadership in the backfield. So I think McLeod is worth another contract, especially considering it would be very team friendly. I just, I think he's more impactful on and off the field than Anthony Harris. And I think he'd be cheaper too. Another guy I'm keeping in house actually is Steven Nelson. And again, this is not a band-aid signing. This is not going to prevent me from going after another corner opposite Darius Slay and Avante Maddox. Um, I didn't love Steven Nelson last year. I thought when they really ran man coverage, primarily, he was definitely the weak link in the secondary, 
but it wasn't weak link Bradley Fletcher edition or Leotis McKelvin, Kerry Williams, even, you know, uh, Byron Maxwell or Nolan Carroll. Like he wasn't that bad. This was definitely one of their better stopgap cornerback signings. You know, I thought Nelson was fine. I thought he was a really good tackler. PFF had him above an 80 uh, PFF tackling grade, which is pretty impressive. You know, I thought, again, in zone coverage at times, there were, I don't know what he was doing, some miscommunications, not the best man coverage corner, but for a third corner, for a stopgap, while you look to see who you can draft, because that's the thing, you have to prepare. Obviously, you want to upgrade over Steven Nelson this year. I would love that to be Ahmad Gardner or, you know, uh, Tariq Woolen or, you know, Andrew Booth, one of those players, Derek Stingley, if there was a chance. But free agency does come before the draft, so you do need to prepare and have another option. And I, I'm not ready for Zach McPherson to be that CB2 in 2022. So I'm going to bring back Steven Nelson. I feel like on another cheap, short-term deal, uh, have him and McLeod back there, two veterans, and you know see what I can do with free agency in the draft to upgrade those spots. But I'd like to have those guys as insurance policies, and I think they do still have value. I'm also going to re-sign some offensive players as well. Um, I'm going to keep Boston Scott at running back over Jordan Howard. I'm going to let Howard walk. I know that Howard has that niche role of that power back, but to me, production is production, and Boston Scott was way more productive than Jordan Howard last year. He's a clutch running back, and with the emergence of Kenny Gainwell, I hope he takes a big step in year two and sees more volume with Miles Sanders still in-house and the production that he had when he was on the field last year. Boston Scott's that perfect third running back. I think he's the running back you should prioritize in free agency. And I'm also keeping right guard Nate Herbig. I think with him, Jack Driscoll, Landon Dickerson, Isaac Sayamalu coming back, hopefully Jason Kelsey as well. You want to keep that unreal luxury of depth on the offensive line. And he can play right guard. He can play center. I thought the last two years, anytime that Herbig came in, he really did hold his own. If he is your fifth starter on that elite offensive line, you could do a whole lot worse. And I don't even think he he wouldn't even be the starter next year. He'd be your, your first primary backup or second behind Driscoll. I mean, that is a luxury to have. I don't think it would cost a lot. And I would like to keep the young offensive linemen in-house that are developing and getting better and better each year. One other thing I would address with in-house, not free agency, but something I would address that people are questioning, and it's Jalen Rager's future. I don't think he's getting cut, you know, money wise, it would hurt the Eagles more than help. And look, if you can package him in a trade and get another type of player, a young player that fell out of favor somewhere else, and you just need a change of scenery, I would totally get that. I don't want Jalen Rager to be a starter. That's not what I'm saying, but I do think they will. And I probably take the Nelson Aguilar 2017 approach with Jalen Rager. I wouldn't cut him, but I'm not banking on him being a starter anymore. I'm bringing in a veteran wide receiver. I'm letting Jalen Rager be a backup, that wide receiver four, and then see what happens, right? And then, you know, you have nothing to lose at that point. You know, he can only get better and maybe push into the lineup like Aguilar did in 2017 when they felt comfortable trading away Jordan Matthews because of the offseason Aguilar had. And if not, and he's horrible still and hasn't taken those steps, then it doesn't matter because the Eagles, you know, they covered their bets and they... Uh, went with a wide receiver in free agency, which I will do coming up next because we're going to dive into my key three main free agent signings that the Eagles can make in this offseason edition, this offseason simulation edition 
of Locked on Eagles. We also have my mock draft coming up as well on the show. And guys, today's show is sponsored by GetUpside. It's an incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about. Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, like myself, are making as much as two dollars to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app app in the uh, App Store and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. All right, Eagles fans, we are back on this Friday edition of Locked on Eagles. Thank you so much for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. And guys, it's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside. There's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked on NFL podcast. The Locked on Bengals guys, the Locked on Rams guys, they are in Los Angeles all week covering the big game. It's Sunday, Bengals, Rams. I cannot wait for this game. It's the first time in years that I really have not had a favorite of who I want to win. I mean, I would probably root for Cincinnati over Los Angeles, but I love both storylines for the first time in a long time where I didn't really have a heavy rooting favorite, probably because there's no Tom Brady or you know uh, any basic storylines like that um, that you kind of want to see switch up. And this is a great one. I think both champions would be uh, really exciting. As for the Eagles, we've switched over to the offseason, made the playoffs in 2021. How do they take those next steps? into becoming a title contender, not just a playoff contender. This is an off-season simulation edition of Lockdown Eagles. I'm playing the role of Howie Roseman, as I do every year, going through what I would do in free agency, what I would do in the NFL draft. We'll get to my mock draft, my top picks in the next segment. But first, we still have free agency to discuss. And here is what I would do as Howie Roseman in free agency. And right now, the Eagles aren't really, you know, they got through that cap hell of 2021. They've got over $12 million in space this year. You can backload contracts. The cap is expected to go up the next few years with new TV deals and with more money coming in and revenue. It's why Howie Roseman, a lot of the time, like to kick the can down the road. And he's got a lot of contract extensions already in place for his young core. They've got a lot of rookie deals. They have all these draft picks this year for more core pieces to be on cheap extensions. This could be a free agency where Howie Roseman can pay up. And he never really goes for the big fish, right? I mean, even the big free agencies that he's had, you know, I think outside of the dream team in 2011, you know, he's learned from that. He goes for more of that second tier, you know, those prove it contracts. Um, you know, again, take advantage of how, you know, like Jarius Bird is going to get a huge deal. So let's get Malcolm Jenkins for just a bit cheaper, right? And he's still a great young player. Um, but it's, you know, it's all about maximizing value in free agency. And uh, I think that's going to be the approach they take again this year. I don't know if they're going to be big game hunting, but I think at a few spots they're going to need to. And then other spots they can find that second tier player that can be, you know, a key role player. Again, I think the philosophy should not be if we need a player like at safety, we're not going to ignore the top free agent because we just philosophically do not believe in shelling out big contracts. Like if you need that star player at that position, and you don't think you can get him in the draft, you should definitely explore that idea. But for like, let's say receiver that with the Eagles this year at wide receiver two, yeah, you might not need to, you know, go all out and pay, you know, Chris Godwin, you know, 
uh, 17, you know, $15 million a year. You can go with a second tier receiver because you have Devonte Smith already in house and Quez Watkins. And that is the approach that I'm going to take in free agency, but I am going to sign a star. And it, they need to do something here at safety. We re-signed Rodney McLeod, but they need to do something more. And that is in the form of former Saints safety. And maybe still, we'll see what happens in free agency. But I'm bringing him over to the Eagles. It's Marcus Williams. The last time the Eagles signed a safety from New Orleans, Malcolm Jenkins thrived in this defense for five years. And to me, Marcus Williams could be that next player. He's only 26 So he's going to be a core piece for a long time. You can feel comfortable giving him a big four-year contract extension and they need to, they need to do this. I mean, I don't that the safety class in the draft is good, but you're not going to really have a shot at Kyle Hamilton. And, you know, I think there's some good, you know, uh, late day one, early day two prospects, but you need an impact player here that can wear a bunch of different hats, especially with the way Gannon has this defense play. I want somebody like Marcus Williams who can cover sideline to sideline. One of the best young coverage safeties in the NFL. He's only 26. They have cap space. And I'm just done with the status quo, just taking the bare minimum, the low-hanging fruit at safety. And I think that that player is going to come more in free agency. This is a great safety class. The Eagles last year, they tried that with, you know, Johnson before he signed with Cleveland. They have been in on some of these bigger name free agents that are safeties. So it's not like they would be, their door is closed on this idea. And so I think Marcus Williams makes the most sense as the big free agent signing for the Eagles this year. Him, Rodney McLeod, Marcus Epps, that's a solid three-man rotation but they need a star here at this spot that can finally you know, do so many different things. With the way versatile pieces on offense now are in the NFL, you want a guy like Marcus Williams on this defense. And then I'm also going to sign Christian Kirk, the wide receiver formerly of the Arizona Cardinals. I think this would be the perfect wide receiver too with Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins, all three interchangeable, both inside and out. They can play all three positions, the X, Y, and Z. Kirk mostly played, I think it was over 70% of his snaps in the slot last year, which is good because Quez Watkins played a lot inside last year, but he played outside and you had Rager inside and you want that upgrade. Kirk's coming off a season where he had over 900 receiving yards, despite being in an offense with A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore and Kyler Murray running and Zach Ertz too. Kirk was extremely efficient. He's explosive. And there is a connection with wide receiver coach Aaron Moorhead of the Eagles who did coach Kirk at Texas A&M. I think this is the signing that, again, wouldn't break the bank. He's not the Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Allen Robinson signing. But that's not what the Eagles need here. And I know people want that above-the-rim receiver, that big guy that can be your Alshon Jeffrey to Devontae Smith, right? The contention player uh, that can go up and, you know, high point the football. But at the same time, you don't want to just force that kind of role. You just need production at this position. And to me, that is Christian Kirk, extremely explosive. And that is a dynamic trio of receivers. And I don't think that it would really cost you a huge deal. Like this isn't a one-year prove-it signing, like maybe a DJ Chark would be, who is a guy I considered as well. But I think this would be that nice second tier signing, a young player that would fit the timeline. And, um, you know, it's going to be tough because I think the sign at the the top guys are going to cost a ton and the prove it deals. It's like, is a guy that wants to sign a one year deal like a Juju Smith Schuster or a DJ Chark? Is he going to want to come to Philadelphia in such a run heavy attack? I'm not sure. So I think you're better equipped to sign somebody in this type of situation. 
So I'm bringing in Christian Kirk and Marcus Williams in free agency. Um, again, I would love that above the rim player, but I think that Kirk, I just need production. And I love that explosiveness in the slot and outside. I'm also going to sign linebacker Anthony Barr. And uh, this is because of kind of what the move I'm going to make in the draft, what I'm planning. And I think Anthony Barr is better equipped to be that Sam linebacker than Jannard Avery. And I know he's 30 years old and has injury history, but I think that's why you can maybe get him on a cheaper contract. He has a history with Jonathan Gannon back in Minnesota. And you don't just avoid 30-year-old players just because you're a younger rebuilding team. You know, uh, Anthony Barr, I expect, I mean, the Eagles already made the playoffs last year. I expect them to take another step this year. And so I would hope that Anthony Barr could be a part of this team for a year or two. He is a hybrid that can put his hand in the dirt, be a defensive end like and pass rush, but he can also drop back in coverage. He had three interceptions last year in 11 games. He had still had 72 tackles, two and a half sacks, six quarterback hits and three interceptions. So I think as that third guy, if you don't want to invest a top picket linebacker and you like what you have in Davian Taylor and TJ Edwards and Alex Singleton, I think Anthony Barr could be a good role player for you through free agency. So those are my top players to sign in free agency for my offseason simulation. It's Saints safety Marcus Williams. It's Cardinals wide receiver Christian Kirk. And then it is Vikings linebacker Anthony Barr. We'll get into my mock draft, my top picks coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online, our official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues into the big game this Sunday. I love making all these bets. It makes it a whole lot more fun to watch the big game. My favorite bet to make is what's going to be longer, the long, the first punt or the first touchdown. Me and my friends really go in on that bet every single year. And it's exciting because you're like watching the first punt and you're hoping it's a bomb. If you took that money, it's a really fun time. And bet online has you covered with all those bets. It's betonline.net and they remain the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Bet online is up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, Eagles fans, Louis DiBiase wrapping up this Friday edition of the show, and it is my off-season simulation 2022 style. So to go through kind of what I've done in in-house free agency, I re-signed Roddy McLeod, Steven Nelson, brought back Boston Scott, Nate Herbig, a lot of good role players on both sides of the ball that helped you make the playoffs in 2021. My big three free agent signings. I'm finally paying up for a safety. Marcus Williams coming over from the Saints. Christian Kirk, the wide receiver of the Cardinals, is your new wide receiver too, along with Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. And then I'm bringing in Anthony Barr to upgrade over Jannard Avery as that better equipped player to be that Sam linebacker that rushes the passer through blitzing and has his hands in the dirt. And who knows with edge rusher, I'd imagine again, even in the simulation, I would bring in another veteran defensive end, but seeing what happens in the draft, definitely want to prepare and have more pass rushers, but bar also good in space, three interceptions last year, despite playing in just 11 games. All right. Don't kill me here, but uh, here's my mock draft for the 2022 NFL draft in my off season simulation. Here's what I would do if I was Howie Roseman. And uh, I made three main picks. And so I'm not going to go through the seven rounds. I'll post it on Twitter for you after at Lockdown Birds. But again, I had to prepare. And that's why I signed Anthony Barr. 
uh, because I didn't think I was going to have a chance at all. And that's why, too, I really honed in on a big signing at safety, Marcus Williams, bringing in Christian Kirk, prioritizing receiver through free agency. It's because I plan on doing something else in the NFL draft. So at six overall, the Carolina Panthers were on the clock. And to me, after being down in Mobile and seeing Malik Willis, you guys know I think this is the next star that the NFL is going to look at and be like, why did we prioritize so much the risk and not the reward? The Josh, the next Josh Allen, the next Pat Mahomes. I'm not saying he's going to be that good, but I think he has that upside. Uh, Lamar Jackson, where people are like, why did we overlook, over-evaluate this to the point where he fell to 32? And not to say that people aren't justified in feeling nervous about Malik Willis, and it's not to say that he has no room to develop. He's got a long way to go with processing, with decision-making and accuracy. But for me, I'm telling you, I think this guy is all the traits in the modern day NFL to be that next star that doesn't go top three, top five. And the NFL is like, why didn't he? I, I think that's what this is going to be. And to me, I would recognize that he is the guy, not just a guy. So if, if you recognize that within you're the Eagles and you have the draft picks you have, you're going to do what it takes to go get them. But you could take advantage this year of potentially with the market the way it is, not having to give up what you did to go get Carson Wentz or what other teams did to go get their top prospects in a trade-up. I think you can go from 15 to 6 and not give up years worth of draft picks. So here was a creative way that I drew up a trade potentially with Carolina, who is also in the quarterback market, but maybe they would prefer, like they did last year, to go for a younger player that's already in the NFL, has experience, mobility, has shown flashes of upside. So I offered the Carolina Panthers. I said, hey, instead of taking Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, why don't you guys have a one-year experiment with Jalen Hurts, right? You bring in Jalen to Carolina. You need offensive line help. We'll give you some depth, a former first-round pick with upside, and Andre Dillard. We'll give you pick 15 overall. We'll give you pick 19 overall. We'll give you a third-round pick and then maybe a future draft pick to move up to six overall and grab Malik Willis because you want to be careful of you know, you don't want to, you don't probably don't have to get up to the top three to get Malik. If you recognize he's the guy, though, go do it. And I'm fine with it. But you probably wouldn't have to. And how he's great at reading the board and reading who's going to go where. And to me, you want to get up to at least six because then right after them, uh, right after the Panthers, you have to worry about the Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, there's other teams too that could trade up as well, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have to be careful after that of the teams behind you, Washington as well, that could try to make a move up or could potentially take your guy. And again, you're not just saying, oh, we like Malik Willis, so we'll move up. No, you have to recognize he is the quarterback. And again, this is if I was general manager, I think he is the guy. So I'm moving up to get Malik Willis and I'm taking him six overall. And I'm shipping off Jay, uh, Jalen Hurts to Carolina and I'm letting Willis be the guy with no distractions, no quarterback controversies, no uh, backup eventually that has the locker room's heart. To me, Malik Willis, it's time. He's the guy at quarterback. If I was general manager, again, most people would disagree and think this is way too risky, but I'm trading up. And guess what? I still have all my draft picks in 2023, and I've got another first and a second this year to build around Malik. I don't know if this trade could happen, but I think it is realistic, and I think it's a unique situation with this draft class where you could take advantage of other teams not loving these prospects. But if you recognize that you love one, it could cost you less than it would in other years. So I'm taking Malik Willis, and then at 16 overall, I'm getting that upside edge rusher. I got to come away with a defensive end in one of these first two rounds, and the guy I had the pleasure of taking was Trayvon Walker of Georgia 
all the upside in the world, explosiveness, length, speed, bend. He can play inside and out. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's going to go as high as Jermaine Johnson or David Ajabo, but I think he's right in there in that second tier behind Hutchinson and Thibodeau. He's also with, you know, George Karloftis as a guy that right after those top two edge rushers go, it's anyone's bet of who those other four edge rushers could be that goes off the board first. So I come away with Malik Willis and Trayvon Walker with my two picks in the first round. I did give up a third, so my other pick I'll get into with the second round. I got cornerback from UTSA, Tariq Woolen, who I, you know, potential-wise fell in love with at the Senior Bowl. This kid is 6'4", has like a 7-foot wingspan, used to play basketball. He was a track star. Well, Zebra Sports did the, you know, next-gen statistics. They were doing some player tracking at the Senior Bowl, and they clocked Tariq Woolen in as the fastest max speed of all players at the Senior Bowl. And he has that length and speed too, that upside. He doesn't have to start right away either because you can have Steven Nelson in this scenario be your starter. Tariq Woolen is a guy that has all the traits. And in press man coverage, if he gets his hands on you, it is hard to get around him. So I wanted to come away with a young corner as well uh, to be that eventual second guy opposite Darius Slay. And Tariq Woolen is kind of a Lou DiBiase, my guy. I believe in those traits. I wanted to come away with that player. And I'm salivating at those top three picks when it comes to potential. Malik Willis, Trayvon Walker, Tariq Woolen. I don't know how realistic it is, but I think this could happen. And that's what I would, this is the way I would try to do it in the 2022 NFL draft. I'll post the entire mock draft, all my free agent signings on Twitter after the show. Hit us up at Locked on Birds. Let me know what you think, what you would do. And we're also on Twitter at LOE and at GC24 underscore football. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Eagles. Thank you so much for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. Subscribe wherever you get the podcast and on YouTube as well. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening and watching. And let's go Birds.